0: It's that time again, coming to you all the way from New York, New York. It's the Hollywood Godfather podcast, starring Gianni Russo, Megan Haran, and Pat Piccarelli. And now, Gianni. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. Another interesting hour coming up, Hollywood Godfather podcast with my partner, Pat Piturelli and on millennium. Doing? Our millennium, <laughs> millennium. I like that word, millennium.
1: You do. You love and it um, a lot.
0: Megan, for all your support in the background <laughs> and research.
1: And <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: Bring us this young audience. You have fans all over the place. <laughs> so, what are we talking about tonight?
2: Take it tonight? away, Pat. Okay. Uh, I read an article. Uh, in fact, like it was a full page article in the Daily News about two weeks ago regarding a gangster who wrote a book. How many of those do you find out there? Not many. No. Anyway, I figured it's in the Daily News, which means they somebody had to read the book in the Daily News. It's a prestigious paper. It's been around a while. Yeah. I figured uh, maybe this has something to say for us. So I read the article, and what interested me was a uh, portion in this guy's life story, whose name, by the way, is Anthony C. That's his middle initial. Luciano Raimondo. Uh, He puts the Luciano in there because he says that Charles Lucky Luciano was his cousin. And during the course of this book, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but this guy's got more cousins than a Mexican cab driver. Uh, Well, I have a lot of cousins.
0: Imagine how long my name would be.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Who names names yourself after your cousin? Yeah, One of the portions that they highlighted in this Daily News article was about uh, our friend Archbishop M- Misenkis from oh the Vatican.
3: Yeah,
2: and those of you who read the book, I book, will yeah. we'll know who he is. Uh, he uh, worked hand-in-glove with, uh, with Gianni and a...
0: Uh, and Mr. Nitti out of Chicago for years.
2: And, yeah, and, and, and we and uh, all Nick brought Nitti together Chicago by, Chicago by Tony O'Connor. In a, uh, let's call it a financial endeavor, how's okay. that?
0: Yes, perfect.
2: Okay, so... Very lucrative one for me. <laughs> of course. Why else would you get involved? Yeah. Anyway, Archbishop Paul Massenkis was the head of the Vatican Bank. And uh, and in that role, obviously, had a lot of power. So I'm thinking, you know, this is a one-page article in the paper. That I can't say too much other than this guy, Raimondo, said he was involved with Misenkis in the assassination of, uh, is that Pope Paul the Fifth or the Sixth, Johnny? The Fifth. Bullshit, <laughs> okay. bullshit,
3: bullshit.
2: <So> <laughs> <laughs> you're calling it right now. Okay. So now this is going
0: to be a I'm fun figuring, one.
2: <laughs> I got I to gotta read this book because Johnny never mentioned this guy, and I'm figuring maybe I'm going to learn something. At least we have something in common here, which is the Archbishop. So I get the book, and I, I, I assign myself some homework because so I'm going to read this book. It's 100, this is only online, this is a self-published book, 186 pages, which is to me is like a maybe a long pamphlet. Now, now, let me and, ask, you, ask
0: you one question while, while we're talking about the bishop and his background and what that. Where does this guy come from, this gangster?
2: Okay, Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a ta- no credit a, at running all. With, running with the Columbo's. He, okay. he, he, he counts everybody as his best friend. Alley Boy was his best friend. Everybody was his best friend. Now, the book, oddly enough, funny you should bring this up. Yes, he comes from uh, 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 Bensonhurst area of uh, of uh, uh, Brooklyn. But this biography only covers the years in his 20s. And then it ends. Really? Well, the He's he, just... still alive. He's in, a, he's in, he's in his 70s, or, uh, late 60s, early 70s. Well, yeah, you... no, it ends, it ends. But I'm, get, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Yeah, so, let me let
0: me I, I, let's take it. Let's go chronologically to what we you just told me, and I just want to share this with our audience about Bishop oh, Mas, Masinkis was a Monsignor in Chicago, going on to be a bishop, and went on to move to the Vatican, and get to where he was in the Vatican to become the head fiduciary of the Vatican money, and. They created the Banca de Roma. Now, the Banca hmm. de Roma, just for our audience to know, also only has one branch in the United States that's Chicago.
3: Oh. And that was controlled
0: by a Chicago outfit. And I was introduced as a young man in my late 20s, early 30s to the bishop by Mr. Tony Ocado. And Nick Nitty and I had a relationship with the Vatican and the Vatican Bank for many, many, many years to come. I never heard this guy's name. Really? And I don't. I mean, so, so everybody knows that's who Bishop Masikas is. I don't. I don't think he was ever even in Bensonhurst in his life.
2: Okay. This this is what I'm going to relate is is not only a, a review of this, and I use the word loosely, book, but this is, this is a cautionary tale for both readers and writers. Uh, as we mentioned in last week's episode, Johnny and I went through a lot of work. We did a lot of work on our book, and it is work. Right. It was fun. You, know, you can't say you're not going to work at anything you don't like. But every day on the phone for hours, vetting this book with attorneys, they nitpick every single name. Uh, to make sure that what you're saying is the God's honest truth. We needed two sources. They, uh, I mean, uh, as I, I have mentioned in the past, particularly when we got to the last chapter, which was intricate, it involved a lot, we had to rewrite that seven times until they were satisfied that we were covered legally. Because we had to there were certain hoops we had to jump through. Certain people were still alive. But that's the process. That's always the process with a nonfiction book. Be mm-hmm. very careful. That said, I will now tell you about this book, which is called Where the Bullet Hits the Bone by Anthony C. Luciano Raimondo. Okay, he starts off, and I figured I'm going to read a book. Maybe I'm going to learn something. What do mm-hmm. I know Okay, he starts off with, uh, he kills a guy in a bar uh, when he was young, about 20 years old, and uh, he, he goes to trial. He gets convicted of involuntary manslaughter, and he gets two to four years in in prison. Now, he's not even in jail yet. The the court case is over when, miraculously, the FBI comes into the picture and says, this isn't right, he killed a guy, and he's only getting two to four years, when in reality this happens all the time. Why why did he only
0: get two and four years? What was that about?
2: He got two to four years for involuntary manslaughter.
0: Why? Why so so little
2: time? Well, he was never arrested before, first-time offender. And it's manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. There's manslaughter, voluntary manslaughter, and the lowest on the on the ladder is involuntary So that's the typical time? To, you had, it, 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 at the law stage, you didn't mean to kill the guy, but by your actions, he died. But okay. in reality, he went in and he shot the guy. But this was a plea bargain. That's all it was. It. Get the guy oh, off good. the street for two to four years. So his story is that the FBI he's in, isn't even in jail yet. The FBI comes to him and says, you know, this isn't, right. You murdered somebody. So we're going to try you federally on depriving someone of their civil rights. Now, this is a real law because the feds don't have murder on the books. You can't commit murder under federal law. If you deprive somebody of their civil rights, however, you know, what's the ultimate deprivation of one's civil rights? It's killing them. Uh-huh. So you can retry the person for that. It's not double jeopardy, but you're not trying them for the killing. You're you're, you're, you're charging them with a whole different crime which resulted in the killing so you can do it. So his story is he was tried federally. This is a 20-year-old kid. Trust me on this, the feds would never do this. You've got to jump through so many hoops to get this done. They just don't do it. You know, you can count on your fingers of one hand how many times they've done this in the last 20 years. It's not done. So that said, uh, our friend Anthony says he was convicted, got 99 years in the federal penitentiary, and there is no such uh, penalty. You, you, you get you get sentenced by months, and it never goes up to ninety nine years. That's ridiculous. There's no life sentence in, a, in in the prisons in the federal prison system. Anyway, he goes to federal prison. He's there two days, and a Marine captain, United States Marine captain, comes to the comes to the prison and says, "You know, we can use somebody like you." for a top-secret mission in Vietnam, pulls the guy out of prison. His sentence is vacated. He was there two days. His sentence is vacated, and he goes with this Marine Corps captain to Paris Island, and he's in the Marines. He doesn't go to basic training, doesn't do any of that. He's just working with this captain. This is his story. And the captain tells him how to be a killer. So he trains him to be a marksman, an expert marksman, and then a sniper. OK, so now he's a sniper, never got trained, never went to the military uh, sniper school, which is extremely difficult to get in. And once you're in, it's very, very difficult to pass. You've got to be a math whiz. I mean, it is very hard. It's like the, the uh, dropout rate is like uh, somebody going in, in for SEAL training or special forces training in the Army. A lot of dropouts, because they can't keep up. Mm. It's very difficult. He doesn't do any of that, according to him. And he just trains himself to be a killer. Gets sent to Vietnam. Doesn't go with any unit. He goes with the captain. Just him and the captain.
0: What are they, lovers? They Vietnam.
2: <laughs> sounded like we're on a vacation. You know, I'm to, to, uh, this guy, uh, it, just, it just gets crazier and crazier. He's there in Vietnam, not attached to any unit. He just starts killing people. And that's what he was doing for a while. Uh, and then he... Uh, oh, yeah, he winds up working for the CIA, and he's, now he's about 21 years old. Now he's a CIA agent. And this is all in
0: 21 years of age.
2: He's, oh, yeah. You know, the whole book is, like I said, just in his 20s. You're going to see some of this stuff. This guy says he did. But anyway, he says he wound up in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Phnom Penh is the capital of Cambodia for so the Battle of Phnom Penh. There was never a battle of Phnom Penh.
1: But Now he's making up battles? What is going now on? Now he's
2: making up wars, right. This is and crazy. he said that, you know, basically was uh, killing people left and right. And the next chapter, he's back in New York. How he got there, I have no idea. But uh, he talks about, I'm not doing this in chronological order, but it's, it all takes place within a 10-year span.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, he's talking about the Lufthansa heist. Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, at the time it was the biggest cash robbery Jimmy Burke,
0: Jimmy Burke, my Jimmy my
2: man, Jimmy. Burke, <laughs> yeah, your buddy. I mean, it was a Queens crew that did this because uh, uh, JFK Airport boarded on Jimmy Burke's territory and, and all his, his cronies. They planned this with an inside guy that works security in Lufthansa, which is a German airline, who told them they, they come in with containers, shipping containers of cash every now and then for whatever reason, to go to the Federal Reserve, whatever the reason is. And he had the itinerary... He had the keys to the uh, to the locker rooms. He had the keys to everything, and they wound up stealing between five and seven million dollars. Would that be about right?
0: Yeah, well, a little more. It was uh, close, most to nine. Well, I know the guy who counted the money, Jimmy Burke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's funny. You know, this this is so nuts because oh. a whole audience all saw Goodfellas, and that was the whole story. De Niro played Jimmy Burke. This was well, a movie. You well, know,
2: consider the fact, I'll, 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 I'll give this idiot, this author, uh, <laughs> credit maybe. maybe. Maybe there's something in here we don't know. So here starts his story. He said, no, it wasn't the 5 to $7 million or the $9 million, whatever it was. It was actually $35 million, $35 okay. million. Uh, and who planned this entire heist? And I told you, and Johnny knows. Who planned was an inside guy, and and they they they, they, they planned had, around him. They
0: had this. They had the the security guard system at JFK yeah. on the payroll. Right, uh, and, and it's funny because Jimmy Burke started JFK, and guess who took over? John Gotti. Hmm. John Gotti had his crew. That's how John Gotti moved up in life with the Gambinos
3: with
0: as as a hijacker. And that's all well, they, That was his territory.
2: This was Jimmy Burke he said JFK Airport was Jimmy Burke's playground. I mean, they had as Johnny said, they they everybody was paid. When they hijacked trucks, it wasn't a typical hijacking, they would meet the driver, yeah. pass the keys, and off they would drive with the truck. And, and the guy the driver got the money. Driver later. everybody huh. was happy.
0: But now he's happy. he's saying Jimmy Burke? No. He said
2: Jimmy Burke planned it? No, oh, I was going to say. Plan it. He's saying Meyer he- Lansky planned it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's I even mean, getting, it's it. to the it's getting point crazier. Where to say not only did he plan it, he flew up from Miami, and they did dry runs with Meyer Lansky. This guy's in his seventies. He's an icon in in the mob. He's filthy rich, and he's doing street heists. You know. Anyway, this is he, so he planned bizarre. the entire thing according to him. But and where, did, he, he where he does the Columbos
0: come into? He, you, he mentioned earlier. He said he was with the Columbos.
2: He, Alley Boy, and all that. No, they're not involved in this. Apparently, uh, they it just uh, he, him and Myelansky were very close, and he called upon Myelansky with his uh, financial brain and his, his 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 ability to plan to plan this heist. So Myelansky planned the Lufthansa heist. Now, uh, can I can I, I interject
0: something here? Just with that alone, mylansky first of all, didn't plan any heists or anything else. Maya was brought in early on when they created the syndicate during prohibition. And he was with a, a lot of people because of his brains in numerology, not planning heists. Right. This guy, <laughs> I mean, he never planned a heist in his life.
2: No, if you want to, if you want to give him a, if you want to give Lansky a label. He was the mob's accountant; kept everything in his head.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: The guy was the genius. Was brilliant, brilliant. If he would have gone, and I spent into days war, with
0: this old man, the sweetest yeah, guy Yeah, knew the world. Him well.
2: I mean, by Are that time, he was well into his seventies. Yeah. Uh, you know, was uh, everybody was after him? I mean, he tried to go to Israel; uh, they threw him out. You know, I mean, uh, he was watched constantly. So you can imagine this guy driving around JFK Airport pointing out where these bad guys have to go. With I my mean, it's li-
0: It's so stupid.
2: I can't... Well, believe. now... Well, now I'm getting interested because I realize now that I'm not reading a, a nonfiction life story like we wrote. I'm reading a fantasy. So I want to continue. I like fantasies. You know, I... I, 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 I heard that about, about Marilyn Monroe when I was a kid, but that's another story. you got okay. a doll in the car. So Paul... 12- <laughs> Uh, Archbishop Marsenkis comes to the states and sits down with our friend Anthony and a couple of Colombo people, the Alley Boy, and they decide that they're going to kill the Pope uh, because he doesn't want to get involved with the shenanigans that's going on with the Vatican Bank.
0: Well, I can understand that. Let our audience know who that to,
2: was too. Comes to the United States to do this and talks to people. You know, he didn't go to Chicago, didn't go anywhere. First of all, him coming to the States to discuss a murder conspiracy is nuts. It's crazy. But I listened to it. I'm reading it. Okay, he goes back, Marsankos, Mar-Sankos goes back to the Vatican. Now they're going to kill the Pope. And who does he take with him to oversee this operation? Our, t- our 22-year-old buddy, Anthony.
0: Are they kidding me? Oh,
2: he's, always, he's back from Vietnam. He's about 23 now. Okay. So, he goes with him, and uh, Anthony uh, says that he was in the room when they killed the Pope, and this is how, how they did it. Uh, they uh, the, the Pope had tea every night, and they laced it with Valium. Uh, and when he was out, Marsenkis, who was the actual killer, uh, went got a, uh, a an eyedropper full of uh, arsenic and put it between the Pope's lips while he slept. Meanwhile, our friend Anthony is there watching this whole thing.
0: I mean, mean, you you don't
2: have to say anything because there are no words to to describe any of this. So not only did this happen according to him, but Marsenkis comes back to the States a second time a couple of weeks after he allegedly whacked the Pope and says, the new Pope's got to go because he won't go along with the program either.
0: My guy, John Paul. uh, John Paul II.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He won't won't go along. Well, he he was a little
0: reluctant at at first, but then...
2: Yeah, then he went along with it. uh, And I can understand, but, but, you know, uh, it's an archbishop, comes back to the States. He's going to create... The attention of just landing. he's a celebrity. He's a a celebrity in the church. He can't, uh, you know, come in here with a a, a ski mask so nobody's going to know him. I mean, everybody's going to know this guy.
0: We never had a meeting outside of the Vatican... Other than at the ambassadore Hotel and why he was s- safe to come there, it was known. The ambassadore Hotel, for people who don't know Rome well, was right across the street from the United States Embassy. Okay. And everybody felt very safe there. And the ambassadore Hotel, we had so many dinners with cardinals and everybody. That's where they came. They didn't fly to yeah. Brooklyn and you, well, Boy, or anybody I mean, else that's
2: en- nuts anyway but 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 now uh enter our our author anthony who says i can't go along with this and he's a kid and he's telling these people that he can't go along with this because killing one pope well that's okay but two it's gonna it's gonna create some heat like killing one pope isn't going to create any yeah heat. Right. Two, yeah that's he's drawing that's, the line you know <laughs> That's the limit. Well, let me Store ask you a line. question, though. Not I
0: sure. mean, in, in in him writing this book and you being in, in in law enforcement, he's admitting he plotted to kill a pope, and he did it. Right. What? Yes. I mean, there's no, first of all, there's extradition to bring him to the pope or to Rome anywhere. He's, he's saying he's committed a murder, and there's no statutes on murder.
2: Not a cow oh, old this, he this, is. This is this is the worst of it, as far as you know. Yeah, that of course he can get uh, he can get locked up forever because the books never close on a murder.
3: Right. They,
2: they they always they always remain open. There's no statute of limitations, as you uh, pointed out. But it gets even crazier. Okay, we got one dead pope. The other pope at the last minute decides he's going to go along with the program, thereby saving his own life. So the pope episode is over. Now Ed Koch uh, was the mayor <laughs> of New York for two terms. My little very sweetheart, going Ed,
3: yeah,
2: uh, J. Very, uh, <laughs> of New
0: but, York.
2: Okay, and, and old, old style. Roll up your sleeves. Get out there with the uh, with, with the voter politician. Always smiling, nice guy. Uh, uh, Koch was, let's say, he was on the gay side. But I guess that's like saying you know you're slightly pregnant. Either you are or you're not. You know. But <laughs> anyway, whenever there was a rumor about his sexual orientation as the mayor, he would date a female so he can get his name off the uh, out of the tabloids. And he was very good friends with Bess Meyerson. Now, Bess Meyerson was a former Miss America. She was the first Jewish Miss America. Uh, she was Miss America in the 1950s. Beautiful, statuesque woman. She was always on Koch's arm. She, she was, as the expression on the street is, beard. She's was she was his beard, his disguise. Well Koch, Koch uh,
0: learned that from Merv Griffin when Merv Griffin used to keep Ava Gabor around. Because Merv yeah, same was
2: Yeah, you know, that was when, you know, everybody cared Queens. if you were gay or not. No, no yeah. one cares. Yeah. But anyway, Anthony says that Koch, as mayor was in uh, the Colombo family's pocket. Anything that they needed, Koch would go along with, but at a hefty price. Now in the space about uh, a couple of months, uh, Koch allegedly took the mob. He says, okay, I can get this building constructed in Manhattan. It was kind of a construction project. And uh, and I, I can get it done. When in reality, the, the the mob runs the industry. They don't need politicians for this. They already, they the do building is going to be built. That said. Every concrete truck 40, in
0: New York is run by the mob. Yeah,
2: they got every, of course. This guy is alleging that Bess Meyerson, this classy lady was Koch's bag man. He used to walk around with suitcases full of money. She used to go and meet with this guy, uh, plus other uh, Columbo figures. Oh,
3: oh. And she would
2: come up with, she would say, okay, Eddie, call him Eddie, because everybody's friendly. Eddie uh, can do this for you. It's going to cost you. And I'm not throwing just throwing figures out. These are the figures in the book. Anywhere, you know, for the various bribes that he allegedly took from a million and a half, up to like two and a half million, three million million, And they would sit down. Bess Meyers would talk about this with this guy, Anthony, this 23-, 24-year-old guy. And the money would materialize. Literally, I'm uh, reading this. Somebody would leave, come back in 20 minutes with a suitcase with a couple of million dollars in it, give it to Bess. Bess would take it to Ed Kotchen. He was in their pocket for his entire time in office. Uh, how stupid. Now, if he's going to get in any kind of trouble, any kind of problems... You know, you can't defame a dead person. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You can say anything you want about them. But dead people have families. You know, and uh, this book just came out.
0: I was going to say.
2: Yeah, no, it's just out. Let's say two weeks. Oh, Uh, really? Well, the the, the cautionary tale comes at the end of my little list here. Uh, And I'll tell you why he's getting away with it so far. But okay, he's convicted of stock fraud when he's 24 years old. He says mm-hmm. this is a federal federal charge, and uh, he's going to get 20 years. That's what they told him. He's going to get 20 years if convicted. And his lawyer, a guy named Gritz G R I T Z, I never heard of him, big-time criminal lawyer supposedly, says, "Hold it. He he can't he can't get 20 years. We're gonna we're gonna." Uh, uh, he's got to be tried as a youthful offender. He's 24 years old. Now, Wait, wait a minute. there's a youthful... Uh, what?
0: A youthful offender? You've got to be a youth under 17. You've got to be
2: <laughs> right, 17. No, less than 17. So 16, 15, 14. Yeah. And a youthful offender is a state status. It's not a federal status. There's no youthful offender statute in, in federal law. Plus, even if there was, that guy's 24 years old. Right. he's, he's not a youth and he confused when he's writing his book, he confused federal law with state law. And in, I guess he can't count because he's far from 17 and the court, the law is plain, uh, that, uh, if you, if you qualify with certain crimes, not any big crime, not any crime of violence, usually first offenders get, get a youth. Yeah, but I was status. just going to say, he's and,
0: not a first offender either at this point.
2: No, not. And, and the, and the, uh, uh, his file, his, his case is sealed. And you're not supposed to be able to get into youthful offender convictions. You plead guilty. You don't go to trial. You plead guilty. They give you youthful offender status, and it's sealed for life, allegedly. But the people can get in it. But for our, anyway, audience,
0: for our audience to understand, any youthful offender on the books is normally a first-time offense and, and not an, uh, a violent crime. And you got to be sixteen years, seventeen. You're right already out of it,
2: and, and not federal. This is a federal crime. Yeah. Anyway, he says, "Wow, what a smart lawyer I have! He got me youthful offender status, and I wouldn't call him smart. I would call him a miracle worker. Yeah, he invented right. a law, and you know." And he said, instead of twenty years, I got probation. So he walks on that. Now I. I I didn't know where this book ended because I'm reading it on my Kindle and there's I'm no page numbers too. in this book.
0: Oh, okay.
1: There's no yeah, pages? Yeah, there, there,
2: on the Kindle. There's no page there's no numbers. Page numbers. Oh, on the Kindle. No, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, an electronic reader. So the, the, there aren't any... You know, every other electronic book I've ever read, I read a lot. There's always page numbers in there so you know where you are in the book, not this one. Hmm. But there's no page numbers. I figured this is... I don't know when this thing is ending, but now he's, he's, uh, he's 24 years old and he just got uh, uh, probation and he, he, there's a couple of other stories that make any sense, but he talks about Tommy D. Simone. You remember him? Of course, know? yeah. Jesus. Okay. The, the, the Tommy was a crazy guy, and he winds up getting uh, whacked for bit, just being a wild man. Uh, I mean, you know more about that.
0: He was out of control. He was out of control.
2: Okay, so he's lured uh, to, uh, to a house because he thinks he's going to get made. That was true. Only... What this guy is saying, you know, they, 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 they lured him under the pretext that we're, we're gonna we're gonna make you, yeah. you know, you're gonna be on the books. It's a proud moment in any gangster's life. puts on a suit and tie, goes in there, and he gets killed. What this guy is saying is that uh, nobody wanted to kill him, so they gave the job to a wannabe uh, guy in his twenties that wanted to get his button, that wanted to be made, and the 22 year old guy killed Tommy DiSimone.
0: Well, first of all, there were six members that in that basement, they went through the garage door yeah. where the meeting right. was, and everybody that was there was made men in the family that were indoctrinating them. They would never bring in a new hitter that they don't even know and that he has yeah. bones and had enough to lose. And you have to be there if the ceremony, the way Tommy went is the way Tommy went but there was no new kid on the block saying okay you could kill yeah, him. Yeah, this is I mean mm, this is nuts.
2: This is a solemn ceremony in a an organization that's literally hundreds of years old and I got to let some kid in yeah. who said okay well he, he wants to be made uh you know let's let, let's have him do this piece of work and kill him so we can make the kid kill Tommy everybody's happy. How nuts is this?
0: Well, that's what so, I'm saying because for the people who are not into the mob and or being around it as much as I was, first of yeah. all, they would never have a kid like that because if this kid got pinched on something, he 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 got to you know get out of jail, free sure. card, two seconds. He just says, "Wait a minute, you know who I witnessed kill this?" Yeah, guy? right. <laughs> He's gonna give funny. everybody yeah. up. He gets. I mean, not we,
2: only did I witness it, they allowed me to kill him. Yeah, you know, uh, this is uh, wild. Uh,
0: you know, well, I feel it. Th- it comes- this story, we're going to have a lot of fun with this because if this book just came out, I think we're going to be talking about this.
1: Hopefully, the there's going to be a lot one. of
0: articles. Well, I think, that, like you <laughs> said, the Koch family alone, there's a lawsuit there. He, I mean, he's admitted committing a crime, killing a, a pope. There's a lawsuit and a conviction there. He's opened himself up to everything in the world.
2: Yeah. It's, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's probably thinking that, well, I didn't actually put the arsenic awesome in the Pope's mouth. I just watched it. You know, he doesn't right, know what, I had uh, nothing
1: to do with that. You
2: know, there, there, there's a crime on the bus called felony murder. Hello. You don't commit the crime. The felony is committed, and you're a part of it. If yeah. you're a, for instance, if you're a getaway driver,
3: That's right. and
2: somebody goes in to uh, rob, uh, rob a bank, and they, uh, they, they kill a guard, hmm. you go for the killing, even though you had got nothing to do with the violence. If there's, a pay, if there's a customer in the bank who drops dead of a heart attack because of this robbery, that's felony murder. You right. go to jail for 25 years, even though you're not even in the bank. Right. So this guy just, by being on the scene, I mean, this, is, this guy's crazy. Anyway, here comes the cautionary tale here for readers. Okay, you know, we explained, Johnny and I talked uh, last week about the hoops that we had to jump through to get our b- book published with a reputable publisher that publishes the truth. And uh, it's to our benefit, it's also to their benefit, it's a lot of work, but when you, when you put the product out, no one can say, you made this up, because we had a platoon of lawyers going through the entire thing. So, if you're interested in this topic, you know, any nonfiction. Uh, if you see that the book is self-published, and you say, well, how do I know? Uh, you can tell if the thing is edited or not. It's just sloppily done. Plus, on Amazon, without anybody can publish on Amazon, and you can buy the book and it, does, it shows up on your reading device, your Kindle. Uh, it'll say in the uh, uh, who, who the publisher is. It'll say WordPress, Amazon, something like that. Is no oh. recognized publisher because anybody can self-publish a book. Anybody, literally anybody, can say anything they want. So he had no. This author had no uh it to vet yeah. his work. So he's thinking he can say anything he wants.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: Understand what you're reading. Understand, you know, it, it, this goes back... I hate to bring these people up again. This goes back to the Central Park Five or any other thing that you read. Understand that if it interests you, make sure that you got all the facts. And this, you know, th- this can be like a, uh, uh, a good place to start out because anybody would, that's interested in organized crime would understand that this is, what's the technical term I'm looking for? Uh, bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's
1: the technical term.
2: That's a technical term. It's, it, that's a writer's term. That's crazy. Uh, Anybody can understand that once reading this, you can write anything you want. So if you want to learn something about the mob and be entertained at the same time, make sure you're reading something that's published mainstream.
1: Hollywood Hollywood, You
2: know, I'm and you can have criticisms about the book. You might not like the character. You might not like Gianni. You might not like whoever you're reading about. That's fine. But you know what you're getting. Uh, yeah, the value is
0: there. This is, no, this course, is some guy that... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, yeah, I, I and, can't believe that there's six things I see that this guy has a major problem with. And I think we're going to have some fun with it because... If the book is doing that well, and I don't know who he knew at the Daily News to get exactly. a full page.
2: Because if you would figure one of the editors would have read this.
0: Right.
2: Yeah, Before I mean, they did a page, he, he knew somebody at the Daily News. They must be kicking themselves in the ass. It's probably I one mean, of the oldest. I bought the book.
0: Yeah, well, you go. That's true.
2: And why did I buy it? Because it was in the Daily News. Somebody, they wrote about it in the Daily News. Basically, that, they that gave that him name.
0: credibility without even reading the book.
2: Exactly. They didn't read this thing. I mean, it's, it's evident. Uh, but when I went online to buy it, it was ranked uh, 13,000 on Amazon, which doesn't mean they sold 30,000 books. That means out of the two, uh, two point something million books that Amazon has for sale, they're ranked 13,000. That's high.
0: That's high. The guy's yeah. selling
2: books. And why is he selling books? Because of the article in the Daily News. Oh, man. That's crazy. Now, if you read the reviews, a lot of people... You know, mob aficionados, people that are interested in, in, in the mob, want to read current stuff that's coming out. A lot of scathing reviews in there because they know, they don't know as much as we know, certainly not as much as Gianni knows, but they're picking out stuff here. You know, the Vietnam uh, veterans are up just picking that whole thing apart. I mean, how he can even have the balls to write something like this is beyond me. But anyway, yeah, he's going he's gonna to pay for this one way or another. I can't see him skating on this
0: i mean not i also and what's good about it for us i see three or four more shows coming up on some of his convictions <laughs> i want to see how he's going to get out we will give this. some updates like central Park yeah 5. we have to give you updates that's
2: why good no, yeah there's gonna be there's going to be follow-ups in here and not because of the book necessarily but because of that daily news article right it just brought too much too much heat you know when we get to talking about the the mafia cops they got locked up because of a book. That Epilito yep. wrote called Mafia. Oh,
3: really? He wrote so he the had book a big himself. friggin'
2: mouth. Big mouth and, he wrote uh, his own book. His partner in crime, Steve Talacapa, went ballistic when that book came out. And because of that book, they got life without parole. But oh, that's geez. a story Both that we'll tell in oh, another right. episode.
0: Whoa. Now, I'm, I'm really, Yeah,
2: we definitely have yeah, to do that.
0: we gotta get into that. that. That's a good one. Next week we should do that. So mm-hmm. I
2: mean well there was because there was a murder involved there. And they, they wound up, they, they, they didn't know who the killers were, but when you see uh, Eppolito on Sally Jesse Raphael, which is where the victim's mother saw him, said, that's the guy who took my son out of the house, and we never saw him again.
1: Oh, my gosh. Imagine that's it? how
2: the whole case started. Now we've got a dead pope here. What do you think is going to happen here?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Whoa. That's not no. good. This was very interesting. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, thank Pat. you, Pat. This is a great one.
1: Fascinating
2: oh, yeah. stuff. Quite, I, I think quite well.
0: our audience is going to be saying the same thing as we're saying it simultaneously. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this th- this <laughs> uh, wait is until insane. I, uh,
2: I think our, our next show, will, you know, since we're in, in the groove, we should do the Mafia Cops. Uh, oh, and yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do the research on it. And, yeah, you know, please. I think it'll be a, a very interesting show. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, I think it's time to go to the mailbag. All right. Uh, yeah. okay. I think, I can't believe it.
1: I know, time's up already, it's crazy <laughs> Alright, so the first one is from Harry Harry says, I love the podcast and have listened to the audio version of the book on Amazon I have also seen Gianni's interview with Patrick Beck David on Valuetainment Which is how I came across Hollywood Godfather Have you heard Sammy the Bull's Valuetainment interview?
0: Yes, I have, I heard it, I heard it I'm <laughs> yes. it at that <laughs>
1: Well, that was what the question is, so there you yes, go Yes,
0: I heard
2: it Alright I- so, the Bullshit. Next- <laughs> yeah. I, I heard it too, and we're not going to go into the particulars no. because there's, there's people around and we yeah, don't want to talk about. Too many people. It. I'm just surprised he's still alive.
0: Well, we don't have him much longer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's out. He's out in plain sight. He's not hiding.
0: No. Well, if Patrick Ben David and his camera crew could find you, which I said when somebody else asked me about. It, I would. Yeah. I would get another plastic surgery, and not to look better. Change your identity, man. You're oh, out of nuts. Well, he
2: already had plastic surgery once, and yeah. he still uh, said, if you want me, here's where I am. And, right. Uh, you know. Wow. Yeah, he even said, you know, when he was asked about this, he said, you know, aren't you uh, fearful about your safety? I mean, he's living in Brooklyn. He's around. He's, around. he's out and about. He said, uh, I'm very careful, and if it's going to happen, I tell you, though, uh, he spoke very highly of of, of, of the Gaudis. You know why? Because they're oh. around. Hello. Oh, yeah, them right. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. But
0: anyway, uh, yeah, we saw that. No, Okay, next from the mailbag.
1: All right, next one is from Jason. Jason says, hey Gianni, not sure if you remember me. I was the PA slash AD on any given Sunday who was living above the newest cafe next to you. I remember hanging out with you and Mark Cooper one night drinking scotch. I was six hours late to work the next day, but it was worth it. Wish I knew more about your history at the time. Would have spent more time talking to you. Just started listening to the podcast and love it. Haven't gotten to the Any Given Sunday episode yet, but I'm glad that it's in there. Can't wait to hear it. So here's my question. If there was one thing you could do over in your life, what would it be? Keep up the great and entertaining
0: work. I'm just happy with my life. I got too many things to do yet to think of getting something else to do. <laughs> we, we have so much on our plate, fortunately, and thank for all yeah. your support that um, we're just going to keep doing what we do because it seems that we're doing it well enough. And you all in enjoying it. And uh, I guarantee you, in the next six, seven months, you're going to be hearing more of the outrageous things we're about to do. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. true.
0: Thank you, Jason. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Thank you, Jason. So next one is from Jillian for Pat. Jillian says, My grandfather, Harvey Charon, was a retired Vietnam vet and former first-grade homicide detective with the NYPD's Brooklyn South Homicide Task Force. I was wondering if you knew him. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago from cancer. Um, I know he worked in organized crime and would love to learn more, more about him if by any chance you happen to know him.
2: Uh, no, I didn't know the, uh, her grandfather. I don't even recall the name. Uh, but that said, during the years that we were on, if he's a Vietnam vet like I am, we probably were in the NYPD about the same time. So from the late 60s to the late 80s, unless he served some, you know, he he stayed longer than that. There were 48,000 cops in the NYPD. That's bigger than some countries' standing armies. (sighs) So the odds of me, you know, meeting him, even though as a first grade detective at at the time, out of 48,000 cops, there was only about 800 first grade detectives. That's the pinnacle of the detective rank. But I didn't really work in Brooklyn. I was a a Manhattan guy most of my career. But no, I'm sorry to say that I... Never met him. I wish I had, but no, I haven't. I I never met him and don't know anything about him.
3: Okay.
1: So, next one is from Sebastian for Gianni. Sebastian says Did you have many interactions with Carlo Gambino? I've read he was very calm and kept a low profile. I imagine he was a gentleman like you described Frank Costello to be.
0: I mean, he was the epitome of Vito, uh, Don Carlone. In in the Godfather, mm. it was amazing because, and I I got to know him just as a, a great old man and friends of the friends of the neighborhood, and I, I used to go to church every day most of the time at Precious Blood, and Carlo didn't like the coffee in the clubhouse, <laughs> so he would go on Grand Street, which is still there, Ferraris, and you could find him sitting in the back in the morning, and I used to go just out of respect. And he liked that about me. Hmm. And Carlo Gambino, you would never think he was a mobster in his life. The most soft-spoken person. And that's when, as Mario Puzo, he, he got Joe Pafacci as the as a part of There were three godfathers, real godfathers, right. that he made Vito, Vito Genovese out of. I mean, um, Don Corleone. Don Corleone out of. And one was Joe Pafaccio because he was in the oil business. The other about having the politicians, and I've said this a hundred times, mm-hmm. was Costello. But this, this soft-spoken old man in the garden with his grandchildren, always confiding in Michael, that's Carlo Gambino. Mm. And that's who he was. Wow. That's very
1: interesting. All right. So next one is from Jacob for Gianni. Jacob says, what or when was the moment when you realized you were a big deal, like in terms of working with or being friends with big people? Was there a specific moment when it hit you like, wow, I made it?
0: I, the only time I thought, I, I'm not a big deal, fortunately, <laughs> even now, because you you, know, you you only have that for hours at a time True. in the lifestyle we live. But my biggest When I knew I arrived, this may sound crazy, but I'm answering your question. When I was walking into the Copa one afternoon, and I was like 14, 15 years old, maybe even earlier, and Sinatra was doing a sound check, Mm. and he motioned to Julie Bodell in the corner, like, who's this kid? And Julie said, no, don't don't worry about it. He's with Costello. That made me feel like a big deal. That was it. That I was allowed to sit and listen to Frank, and then I talked to him that day afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he actually asked me my name, and I said, well, they call me the kid. And he said, well, who who t- who named you that? I said, Mr. C. And Sinatra said, I don't ever ask that question
1: <laughs> Oh, um, that's crazy.
0: That's great. Wild stuff.
1: But- All right. So, Pat, you still there? I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like you just cut out for some reason. All right, so next one um, is from Madison. And Madison asks, clearly your life changed drastically after The Godfather, but would you say your life has changed since Hollywood Godfather? And if so, how?
0: My, uh, I, I, and that Great question. What gave me the opportunity, and Pat basically was at the helm of it, it this gave me the opportunity to tell my real story. Most people from The Godfather thought I was an actor, an unknown actor that made it and made films and had a a career. But my story in Hollywood Godfather is my life story. So now that that's out there, it's given us so many different facets to travel into and, and, you know, what we're doing now. I mean, we're, we're, we're working on four or five. Different situations, right? That we would never have the opportunity without the book, and the respect of the book. Mm-hmm. That's more important. So that that's a great question, but I think now, yes, at twenty six, being the most picture of the Godfather changed my life drastically, mm-hmm. and I capitalize on every minute of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Clubs, <laughs> I do. I mean, that's who I am. But now having yeah. this book, and the credibility, and 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 the even the sympathy from so many people realizing what I went through as a child, that was meaningful to me. Hmm. And it's still the one of the main co- reasons of telling the story now after 75 years of age was I really want my kids back, some of them back, to understand why Daddy wasn't home. Right. So Pat gave me that privilege. My pleasure. Thank you.
1: All right, on that note. I think we're done for yeah, tonight.
0: Yeah, I think we should leave on that note, too. It's I get very emotional about that. I know you do. But thank you all, and I love you all for tuning in, telling your friends, keep promoting us, because without you, we're not here. And we want to be here, because I know Pat enjoys it. I know Meg does. Oh, yeah. That's for and, sure. And uh, we all thank you, and God bless you. And we'll see you next week, or talk to you <laughs> next week again. Have a good night. Good
1: night, guys. All good right. Good night. Good night. Yeah, good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. My name is Megan Horan. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit Amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.